It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. And by God, this is the BS. All right, there it is, episode 12 of the BS Uncensored. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey. Nikki D's here, but she's not participating because she's got to leave and go to her girl doctor. But she's sitting here, so it's kind of mm-hmm. weird. There's like a microphone on, but she's not on the My zip. microphone shouldn't be on. I'm not a part of the, this show episode. Well, your camera's not on, so that's fine. Okay, well, turn it off. It's not like you're getting residuals for it or anything. You can yeah. make an appearance and say hi to everybody and <laughs> move on. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm not in this episode. It's going to screw everything up for the storyline down the road. Continuity. <laughs> yeah, Continuity. <laughs> Uh, there is Nelson. So uh, our guest this week, so for those that know, know, that uh, have listened to, to me for, for years, they know that uh, we love Mad Dog Manny Aurora with the Aurora Law Firm in Georgia. <clears throat> but for our new audience uh, that has no idea who Mad Dog Manny is, he's uh, an old dear friend of mine, and he's the one of the best, if not the best, defense attorneys in the country. And so you might see him on television with this Trump stuff that's going on out of uh, Georgia. Uh, he's always on the TV. He's always doing different things on, you know, these big national cases. If there's a professional athlete that needs an attorney, they got Manny's number on speed dial, you know, and they call Manny Aurora going all the way back to like the Ray Lewis stuff in the early 2000s. So with that being said, from the Aurora Law Firm, welcome to the program for the first time for the BS Uncensored, it is Mad Dog Manny Aurora. Mad Dog Manny. Well, thanks for having me, Jason and Nikki. I'm sorry I can't see her, but I'm sure she looks lovely as always. Well, no, she's gone now. She's like, that's all okay. she did, and then she's out. Uh, the Aurora Law Firm.com, if you're looking for the websites. And by the way, just to make it clear that um, you can uh, you can do your law stuff even here in California, right? If somebody needs it. Yeah, you. I've had cases in 21 different states now, so I can... I travel a lot. I've got five lawyers that work for me, and we do a pretty good job wherever we need to be. Do you keep in contact with uh, Inventing Anna? Yeah, I see her pretty regularly. I'll have to go up and see her next month as well. So Manny representing, what's her last name, Anna what? Uh, Sorokin or Delvey, depending on. Delvey, yeah, from the Netflix show. And the immigration part of that case, that 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 was Manny and his team. And when I saw, it was not that long ago, she started her own podcast. I can only imagine you were probably like, oh, shit, what are you doing? Don't get on a podcast, right? Well, we're working on the appeal, but, you know, there's just some people that have to have a bigger personality and they just, it is who they are. So I'm not going to restrict it. I'm just like, please don't say anything dumb that could hurt the appeal. Is she she on house arrest? She's not on anything like that, is she? She's still on house arrest um, because she's technically not legal anymore because her paperwork expired while she was in custody uh-huh. after her trial. And then when she got moved to ICE custody after she served like a year and a half or so, we had to work to get her out. And she had some really good immigration lawyers taking care of that. Yeah. Yeah. We, thanks to Manny, were the first to have her on after she got out of jail. And she was very pleasant. She was very, very nice. She was nothing like what she was portrayed at on the Netflix show. It was a very, very different conversation. Um, so 
Can, can I can I briefly talk about what we were talking about the other week with my case, or should I not bring that sure. up at all? Can I talk about it? You can bring up whatever you want. Okay. Well, I'm not talking about your case. I'm talking about my case. Like, is it going to hurt me if I bring it up? No, it's not going to hurt you. Okay. Are you sure? So I have a situation. I brought this up before. I don't know if it's on the podcast or the radio show, but I have a situation at, and by the way, as we move forward and have Manny back on, by the way, let me tell you this. So since we've moved out to California and we're doing the radio show and we're trying to get everything, people, the, the one thing that the two peers have asked that we do or bring back is you just want to let you know Mm -hmm. that's how much you're loved. I don't know how much you follow the podcast stuff on social media or the show page. They were like, you got to have mad dog on. You got to. So people missed you, Manny. Okay. Well, maybe they can talk to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. I brought this up a couple times. I don't know if it's just on the radio show or whatnot or on the podcast, but this house that we bought here in California when we were looking at houses, we're learning about, you know, every state's got different kind of this and different kind of that. And we learned about this thing called Kitech Plumbing. So in the early 2000s, this company called Kitech, they made this certain type of piping and it was distributed mainly in California and Arizona. They quickly found out that it was, it was just horrible plumbing, horrible plumbing. It's not a matter of when it's going to leak. It's a matter of, no, it's not a matter of if, it's when it's going to leak. <clears throat> You can't buy parts to fix it. Well, and leak, you're like lucky if it leaks, right? A lot of the news reports I'm reading is that it just explodes. See, I've heard it just a slow leak, just as drip, drip. Oh, and that's then not over what time. I saw. So you can't fix it. So there was this huge lawsuit in the early 2000s, which obviously not a part of, but there's still houses with Kitech. I told our real estate agent, and I've got documentation of this. Look, I'm not buying the house if it's got Kitech. So we had to get. She, she got a quote unquote professional plumber that just specializes in this. And he came out and he signed off. This does not have Kitech plumbing. We find out the other week it does have Kitech plumbing. We would have never purchased the house if it had it. And so I want them to cover the expenses to replumb the house. I think that's fair, right, Manny? Don't you? Yeah, you'd have a good negligence claim against the uh, quote unquote expert that did the plumbing for missing something. So simple, especially if you have in writing that you were not going to purchase this house at whatever cost it was if it had Kitech plumbing. Yeah, and and it's in the the disclosure papers that says uh, does not have Kitech plumbing. Like the 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 plumber told you know this and that. So anyway, I call Manny and I'm like, what do I do? It's going to be way expensive to sue. It's very expensive to sue somebody. It's not it's not going to checks and balances right. It doesn't work. And so, like, I got to do small claims. But Manny says, suggest just shoot him an email and say, hey, look, here's the situation. I want you to, to help take it. Not the whole thing, but just some of it. So I did that. And I got no response from the realtor. And I got a response from the plumber. And his response was, yes, Jason, if you could show me documentation of where I said that, I can then take it to my bosses. But he knows there's no documentation because he told me this the week prior they don't give documentation if they find it. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't give documentation if they don't find it. If they do find it, they'll give you a quote on how they can fix it, which is crazy because you would think that he'd want it. So we just missed it. He just flubbed it, the whole thing. Still negligence, and I still have a case, right? Absolutely, because between him and the real estate agent, if the paperwork says there's no Kitech plumbing, then he's the one that's advising the real estate agent you would file suit against both those people. Now, both are going to have professional insurance, so it's not like it's coming out of their pocket. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little surprised that they wouldn't deal with you unless it's just a reputation issue. Mm-hmm. But you go after it, 
contract says no high-tech plumbing. The only way they could say that is if the expert went in and investigated whether it's in writing or not. And so, yeah, it's being a little gamey that these people are doing it this way, and it's just bad business. Mm. Uh, but you should get your money, whether you have to file suit in small claims court. Um, generally, most small claims court have around a $15,000 cap. So depending on how much the plumbing costs, you should be okay. Yeah. And that's a lot cheaper than hiring a lawyer and paying contingencies and such. Mm. But, you know, it, it's just, it's unfortunate, especially when most of these professionals have insurance to cover some negligence on their part. Yeah. Is the not giving a uh, your camera? Is your camera on? Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't see it. I'm on on the thing that the audience can see. I didn't know that I wasn't well, where I'll look man, at you. Okay, I'll we'll look at you. So is the the Hello. hi? How are you? Good. Now, I only see Nelson in writing. I don't. See yeah, I don't him. see him either. Well, what the hell? My camera's lit up. So anyway. you can see you, but we can't see you. So ha. Huh? Oh, fair. Manny wants to know what you look like. He doesn't know what you look like. He's an attractive man, Manny. Okay. I got. Just just just, just take my word. Think think Brad Pitt with an extra tight shirt. God, I don't have him. There he is. Oh, there he is. Oh, look at that. I think we call those schmediums in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I've been living a schmedium. Doesn't lifestyle. he just look exactly like Brad Pitt? Look at him. Oh, God, I don't have him. Except for the glasses. Like, if I couldn't tell, oh. same haircut. Well, right, yeah, there there's glasses in the face and the body. But other than right. that, he's exactly, <laughs> looks exactly like <laughs> So is the not giving a uh, is the not giving a report like a CYA for them so that they don't have it in writing somewhere that says we didn't, we absolutely didn't find Kitech plumbing? Is that them trying um, to get like a legal workaround? Uh, I think common sense kicks in as far as there is a contract paperwork that says there's no Kitech plumbing and the realtor would have to say, this is why we wrote that in there. Mm-hmm. It No paperwork is just an, un, it's not underhanded, I shouldn't say, but just a gamey way to you know do business. So you have deniability, but I don't think that's going to succeed here based on you know the, the documentation that you have. So it's just going to be more of a pain in your ass, but you'll win. All right. So. I've got an idea, uh, and I need to run this by you. I want to. <laughs> Should we do this on something we're broadcasting? <laughs> uh, well, no. He said I could talk about. It. So just... here, here's the thing. Obviously, I can go to California and fill out all the paperwork and do that and pay the fines. And by the way, can I recoup the fines on top of? I think in California, small claims is up to ten thousand. Can I recoup any court fees on top of that? Do you know? Well, the only fees you should have are, like I mentioned 15000 but that's Georgia and some other states in the Southeast. Apparently, we're more progressive than California. <laughs> but let's say California is $10,000. Um, they usually just charge you like 30 to 50 bucks to write out your complaint and you file it. And oh. then there's a service fee to serve the other side mm. uh, with a lawsuit. Then you'll get a court date. So you're talking about like 100 bucks or whatever. And absolutely, you could ask for that. You can ask for missed work, you know, those kinds of things, aggravation. Mm. Um but it just sort of depends on what your plumbing is. So you want to have a couple estimates ready to go as part of your evidence when you sure. go in there. Um, and even have your own inspector say, it's pretty obvious that it was Kitech plumbing. If you would have done X, Y, and Z, you would have found it. Mm-hmm. And that's standard for the business that we do it when we check things. So you want to have a plumber of your own, you know, validating what you're saying, validating the report. So you can collect whatever cost that would be for the plumber. And so any expenses you have associated with the lawsuit, you can absolutely get back. All right. All right, so here's what I want to do, because that's boring, right? If I'm going to do that, I'm going to win. That's not a challenge. And you know I've always wanted to be you. I've always wanted to be a lawyer. I think I'd be very good at it. I mean, we've been doing this for years, you know, doing this thing, radio, podcast, whatnot, and I want to be you. And I think I could be pretty damn good at it, but I just don't want to do I never want to do the schooling stuff. Uh, I just want to do the arguing. So I'm thinking about taking it to Judge Judy. 
because I love All Judge right. Judy. Love Judge Judy. Thoughts? Yeah, you can absolutely do it. The other side has to sign off on it. Right. Um, oh, and just then you go on TV them. and you do this, and then you get an appearance fee out of that too and some stuff. So yeah, uh, I think that would be great if you could do it out there because you'd have a hell of a case. Of course, we prep you, um, even without a lawyer, as to what documentation you need. You want to get your witness together. And yeah, go kick some ass and be like the one guy that actually seems prepared on Judge Judy. So, so I bring somebody, you said a witness, I bring someone with me to be my witness? Absolutely. But yeah, my, just, it's, it's, it's court, whether it's magistrate court, small claims court, whatever you want to call it, it's court. Okay. So you want somebody to say, it's impossible to have missed this if you do your job as a professional plumber slash inspector. So while it's understood, you always want witnesses. So the judge or the other side has no maneuverability around you that they just clearly missed it when they did the inspection. Well, one of my witnesses would be the real estate agent and she would have to already be there. Well, you'd be suing her as part of this issue because she put in there that it's no Kitech plumbing. And then the two defendants would have to do what's called a cross claim against each other and say, hey, this is what you told me. I did it. So, yes, she would end up being a witness for you. But you also want a plumber just in case because you're going to need one anyway. Yeah, yeah he's talk about what the standard is in the industry mm-hmm. and how easy it would have been to see this because you're going to need your own inspection. And so you want to tighten up your I's and T's and all that kind of stuff. So there's no problem. Oh, I'm going to be prepared. You know, I'm going to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I've already started putting some feelers out for people that I know that are close to her and her show. And yeah. uh, cause it's all about who, you know, and right. it, like, you know, I'd get on, I mean, I'd so mark out for her. Now here's one thing I need to ask you. This might sound silly. Is it yes, ma'am, or yes, your honor. Always go with yes, your honor. That's some, um, Female judges don't care for the man. I don't know why we've had that problem in courts before. So if you can't go wrong with your honor. They've okay. earned your honor. Okay. Because so like cops don't like, yes, sir. They like officer. They've always said, I've always heard them say that instead of yes, sir. But I'm a yes, sir. Yes, ma'am guy, you know, and I mean it with all due respect. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. So yes, your honor, wear a nice suit, right? Now I got a nice blue suit, yes. good shoes, shiny shoes. I'd be good. To, I'm going to crush. This. What color tie? Does it matter? Find out what her favorite color is. Google what her favorite color is. Okay. Right? You want to wear the judge's favorite color, correct? Yeah. Just don't go in with a bow tie and try to be. You wear a bow the party tie. Party the first part and the party the second part and all that kind of stuff. Just be yourself. You wear a bow tie, Manny. Or I've seen you wear and you wear it well, but you're telling me not to wear a bow tie, but you wear a bow tie. Yeah, but I've got. 30 years on you as far as lawyering stuff. And I've got this salt and pepper full out beard. You've got the lovely little goatee thing going there. So no, I got a beard. Look, it's a, just a chin strappy oh. thing. It's not as cool as yours with the side, but the chin strap still a thing. Yeah. No, it's, it's all the body does for me. I mean, I can't grow. Right. We were talking about this the other day. I can't grow a good, I mean, you got a good thing going, you know? Um, but well, when I, you're middle Eastern, you know, after about 16, all you can do is grow body hair. So it's, uh, <laughs> you got I was getting ready to say, I was like, you know, the, like I always want Asian hair, Asian hair, Asian people have the best hair guys, right? They have the best hair women too. middle Easterns. You guys, you're, you can grow a good beard. Oh, beard. I mean, all day. yeah, really good beard. So anyway, yeah, I just didn't shave yesterday and here we are. So right. looks good. All right. So we got that checked off the, the boxes to talk with man. So we talked to the lady uh, out of Georgia that one of her properties that she doesn't use, doesn't live in, it's just there, it's boarded up, but it's still her property, uh, was erroneously torn down just 
by this company, and they got the wrong house, and they were very rude about it, and they screwed up. We had her on the radio show on 98 Rock in Sacramento, and I said, hey, look, you're going to need an attorney. She was a little lost. She, she didn't know what she wanted to do. She didn't even want the house. She just said, which I wouldn't have said out loud, by the way, but she's like, I just want him to clean it up and clear it out. And uh, nobody's gotten back to her. Uh, so I sent her to you. Is that something that you're going to be able to help her out with, Manny? Yeah, it's something we'll talk about. It may not be worth much depending on the value of the house. It's been boarded up, apparently, from what I've read for quite some time. But the cleanup is going to be very expensive um, because I think there's just a pile of rubble sitting on her property. And then you have to value what the house would be there, those types of things. So she's going to succeed. Uh, there's a little bit of an iffiness as to who actually did it because they came in and bulldozed the whole thing quickly and got out and didn't leave a card. But thankfully, one of the neighbors, I believe, has videoed it. So we have information on it. But I have a sense they're going to argue that, oh, it wasn't our company. It was somebody else and, and try to get her that way. But um, in, in the end, we should have some success. It's not like somebody's buying a new mansion with something like this. But, you know, whatever that small house that's all boarded up is worth mm. and the damage to the property and the cleanup will certainly get that. Yeah, that's good. Hey, do you ever worry, you know, in Georgia right now, um, you've got all the, the Trump uh, election rigged, all that stuff going on. And you are actually on the prosecution right did i see that right no, no i'm defending i don't prosecute i used to do that yeah yeah but you were on the you were on the left side of the you were on the other side of the room it, it's just the way the room oh. broke out i was representing one of the lawyers that they call the architect of uh -huh. the steel as it were and it worked out really well for him so we just finished up our case about a week and a half ago so you're defending what uh, a gentleman named ken chesborough He's the one that the papers or the media has dubbed the architect of the scheme uh -huh. to do all this stuff. And it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of obscure laws from 1887 as to what the Electoral Count Act is. Just like I wouldn't couldn't have told you what the hell the Electoral Count Act is or what the Electoral College does. I had to learn all that, wrote tons of motions about it. It was actually very interesting. But as you can imagine, it's only come up twice. It was... Uh, you know, in Hawaii once back in 1960 during their first election. And then it came up a little bit in Bush v. Gore in 2000, if you have audience folks that are old enough to remember that. And now this. Uh, but it was very fascinating. And I think the government just fundamentally misunderstood. That's why we ended up with uh, probation on a record that's going to be sealed in a couple of years. And that's the end of it. So he was, so the, you're defending what, that he was helping to rig the election? Right. He wrote the legal memos that the government's claiming sort of laid out an outline of how to go about all the issues with the election. Mm. Remember, not the January 6th riots or any of that stuff, but just the legal lawsuits and the challenges. Mm -hmm. And we argued and we believe that what he said was legally supported through just articles and things like that. Because remember, this stuff's never fully been litigated. Um, as to can you have a second set of electors from a state and things of that nature. And the rule is any political party that's a legitimate political party and gets at least 1% of the vote in Georgia can submit their own slate of electors. The stuff goes up to Congress and Congress can say, this is a joke and just throw it in the dustbin. Mm. Uh, they're saying that the second set of electors they call fake electors, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding because you can have more than one set of electors go up. Um, and so that's what we argued. And in the end, I'm guessing the prosecution saw the merit in what we we're saying, and that's why 
if you're the architect of this, you're not going to get a probation deal and first offender and all those kinds of things. And your record gets sealed in a couple of years. So, so that looks good for Trump and his people, right? When you get a case like this and not prosecute it. Right. I mean, you know, if you're going to be anti-Trump, they're going to say, oh, we got a conviction. We got all this. And, you know, technically that's not true because as a first offender, you're not convicted, but it's six and one half. It's just a misunderstanding of where it is. So I don't even know if anybody actually makes it to trial in our case. Uh, the federal courts will have their trials, I think, in March and May of next year. Mm. And if there's a conviction there, then there's probably not going to be any point in doing stuff in the state. And we just wasted two years and tens of millions of dollars in investigation costs. Yeah, it must be to prove what. Is that like I, I? I'm not going to ask you personally what your beliefs are because I don't think that you'd want to throw those out there. But it would be, I'm assuming, tough because you know Trump's obviously a very, very like polarizing, polarizing person, and but you have to do your job. Uh, you can't obviously do a job a certain way, like being a lawyer, based off of what you personally think. And so with this. It must be tough with all these attorneys there. Like not everybody's going to be pro-Trump and not, every, you know, and some people are going to, you know, whatever. That's tough. I, am, I mean, really, really tough. Right. You have to put your politics and your personal beliefs aside because, I mean, you're in the criminal defense business, right? Most of the people you're going to deal with are unsavory. But my biggest issue is if the police or the government does their job properly, then they wouldn't need me. It's just the exaggerations, the overcharging, the hiding evidence, all that stuff happens so routinely. Um, that's why I have a successful practice. And so whether I believe in Trump or not is really secondary. Uh, we didn't want to be associated with Trump in this case. So we asked for a, a statutory speedy trial. And that's why we got our, you know, the case severed out that you probably saw on the news. Mm -hmm. It was just us and Sidney Powell. And that was a big advantage because there's so much disdain for Trump or just People are just tired of it, that we were afraid if we went to trial with him, they may say we not didn't do anything, but since we we're associated with him, we could get convicted. And that was our biggest fear. And that's why we got the trial separated. And then in the end, the deal was just too good to pass up based on a three or four month trial with the expenses that would incur on the cost of the client, his wife, kids, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it all worked out for the best. And now we're probably gonna have to fight it out in some bar associations in some different states. But after that, hopefully he can move on with his life. What, what did the dude do after the good news came down? He hugged you. He's like, oh, man, I'm buy a watch. He was actually very happy that it came out because, you know, the press has been so brutal and his life's been turned so upside down once this happens. Right. It's like being accused. There's no way to get your name back. You know, the good name, as everybody says, once you've been charged, people are just going to think some fancy pants lawyer, you know, got your sweetheart deal. But you really did it. Even if you went to trial and got acquitted, they'd say the same thing. If you get convicted, they'll say bad things. So there's just a no-win situation, at least this way. You know, he does a couple of years on probation. They seal up his record, and now we just have to go fight this, the bar associations in a couple of different states so he can continue to practice. And the other ongoing trial that Manny is a part of is the RICO charges. I'm saying that right, right? The rappers yeah. in Atlanta, which is a national story. I just read something about that the other day. What did I read the other day? There was something some update about well they're finally getting a jury done actually we chose to exclude ourselves from the rapper case because we were doing the trump stuff uh, but we have another rico um if you ever heard of cop city that was the thing yeah. in atlanta making the giant city they indicted 60 young people protesters 
charged him with domestic terrorism and all kinds of crazy stuff under the RICO statute. Um, and this, the RICO statute has been so abused as far as what can be brought into it. Uh-huh. And nobody from the Georgia Supreme Court has ever actually weighed in on it. So we're hoping to take that up to get some kind of resolution as to what in the world you can use RICO for, because they're just cramming everything into RICO because RICO allows you to bring in all this irrelevant information that's character assassination that typically wouldn't come in uh-huh. if you were just charged with protesting or some type of property damage. When you make it RICO, it turns into a thing. And I just, I don't understand how these people are labeled domestic terrorists. Well, we've got accountants and some doctors, college students, you know, all that kind of stuff have been arrested. You know, 60 people. Yeah, that's a lot. Not to be confused with the RICO Suave. Yeah, not a Suave situation. Yeah, explain what the, the RICO is and what it stands for. And then right. Nelson, go ahead. But what, so people know what you're talking about. So the RICO, it's not going to make any sense to you, but it's the Racketeering Influence Corrupt Organization Act. It was it came around in 1970 by the feds and the, the sort of Rudy Giuliani thing that you've heard about that fight organized crime because mobsters could give an order um, and say, I want you to do something. Saying it isn't illegal, then the lower people would go and commit the murder or the robbery or whatever, and they couldn't touch uh, the higher ups. And so they created RICO to say, hey, if you're in a conspiracy or an agreement to do just about anything with somebody, we can now touch all the people. And that's how they ended up deci- being able to break up the mob. They also use it for gang prosecutions, things of that nature. But now it's gotten so, I don't want to say uh, prostituted, but maybe that's the right word. Remember we had the school teacher case in Georgia some years ago that made national news where they charged all the school teachers as RICO defendants because they were allowing the kids to cheat on the standardized tests, Mm -hmm. which helped the teachers keep their jobs and those kinds of things. That became a RICO case, which is absurd. Um, you know, that took a year and a half and basically everybody got probation on that case after a massive spend. You've got the same thing in the Trump case, right? Generally in RICO, what the statute actually says, and we brought in one of the state senators that wrote the statute, um, the other state senator is a federal judge, so he can't testify. And he just basically said, if there's not any financial gain or um, physical injury, AKA gang issues, right? Shootings, robbings, and all that stuff, or mobsters, things of that nature, then you shouldn't charge it as a RICO. So one of our arguments in the Trump case was, what's the financial gain or what's the physical injury if we're just going after lawsuits and making allegations that the machines weren't working? Um, same thing with the tree huggers, as I like to call that case. Uh, it's Cop City, um, you know, that just camped out in the woods and stuff. What's what what's the domestic terrorism part of it and so overcharging has gotten to be such a thing our secretary of state may be running for governor next year and all this stuff kind of helps with sort of the more right-wing folks for votes and yeah rico's just gotten abused and there's no you know limits on it yet because the georgia supreme court and the 30 plus years we've had rico has never had a ruling on it yeah nelson is that something that's like coming up more and more now and also like the way I've always heard it was that if one person can be charged with the crime, then anybody that can be even like lightly connected to that person can then be charged with the same crime they committed. Right. The government argues that even if you didn't know about these other people, you're on the hook for it. So what our fear was like in this Trump case, right? There's tens of millions of people technically that are part of the RICO case because the people that went protesting in state capitals across the country or you know beat down some doors you've never met them you could be on the hook for whatever they did even though if you have no idea what they're doing 
And that's what I mean. We have no guardrails as to how far it goes. And the amount of evidence that comes in Enrico, just it's unfathomable. Nobody knows where the limits are because it hasn't really been fully litigated in the state system. Because if you think about it, I mean, where would it stop? I mean, you could be charged for just about anything. And in our case, we had a guy that was a lawyer, never been to Georgia in his life, um, you know, wrote some memos. People take the memos and start doing things in different states and you're responsible for all of it. I mean, to me, that's a reach. I mean, prosecute people for what they did. If they he thought he was, you know, wrote some bad laws or was pretending to be a legislator or something, charge him with that. But to say Rico and say this memo in Georgia applies to Arizona and Nevada and Pennsylvania, it, it just it, it gets crazy for people that you've never, ever actually met or even know exist and but that's what RICO allows until some court shuts it down right now. Um, and the problem is most trial judges are not going to have the backbone to say, I'm dismissing the president's case when all cameras are on you and all that kind of stuff. It's just going to be tough. Do, uh, do you currently or over the years at the Aurora Law Firm handle self-defense cases? Yeah, we've actually got a self-defense murder coming up outside of Savannah, Georgia in uh, early December. A uh, gentleman was accused of murdering his father, who had a probably a 30 plus year history of abusing his mother. And on this occasion, about almost two years ago, it went a little too far as January of 2022. Um, and so they decided to charge him with murder. What do you do? Shooting his dad. Give me the scenario. So give me. So I, I took this uh, CCW class for California. Obviously, laws a lot different in California than they are in the state of Georgia. But it was very interesting and very educational. Uh, especially the uh, the idea of self-defense, you know, what to do, when to do it. And the instructor, first thing he said was, if you, God forbid, have to be in a situation where you have to brandish your weapon, use your weapon, when law enforcement arrives, even if you know you're right, think you're right, don't say a word until you talk to your attorney. Because whatever you say, you know, especially in that moment, adrenaline's running, this and this and that, can be used against you. Obviously, that's the whole run around things. So he's like, rule of thumb. Just say, look, I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm I need, I'm going to talk to my attorney and just do that. Does that mean you're guilty? You have the right to do that. So I thought that was good. But I want to see if I can, can tell me as much as you can about this case. And sure. I want to see what I learned this weekend, if the guy's guilty or not. All right. All right. So tell your instructor, great advice, but use this little catchphrase. It's a Southernism. It said no fish ever gets caught by keeping its mouth shut. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. No fish Until, you, you know, you can think it through because either you've been drinking or something's happened and you're going to say something stupid that you can manipulate and turn around on you, right? Yeah, that's good. Uh, but in this case, long domestic violence history between the father and mother. Uh, the son and the father have a tough relationship, you know, sort of begin with. There's been some abuse between them. On this occasion, um, we know from the autopsy report, the father was almost 0.2 which is close to triple the legal limit. You're officially dead at point four. So he's at point two. Um, he slapped the mom, pushed her down, those kinds of things. The guy gets a gun, tells the dad to stop. He's um, This is all inside a, a trailer. Uh, not for your California people to laugh, but there's a lot of trailers in Georgia. Um, <laughs> and so he'd gone out to get his gun just in case. Dad wouldn't stop. He hears a scream. Dad comes to the door, he fires two shots. One hits him in the face, unfortunately, and then one like through the the side of the chest and into the arm, whatever, nothing. First one, obviously, was much more fatal. 
And then he calls 911 immediately, uh, makes a full statement to the police. It takes a little over a year, but they decide to indict him in uh, it's a small, small, small county outside Savannah, just a little one county west of Savannah, Georgia. If I mention it, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about, but Savannah is the closest landmark I can give you. And so he's just like, you know, distraught because he had to shoot his father, even if they didn't have a great relationship. But um, we're going to have to have family coming in and the family's going to split a little bit because the father's side of the family will say, oh, he's a good guy and this and that. Most of the friends and everybody else say, he's, you know, wakes up with a bourbon in the morning and it's just been abusive this whole time verbally and sometimes physically. And um, so why so did he part- shoot? Why did he shoot him? So he shot, you said he shot him in the face and then there was another spot. But did the father have a the father was slapping the mother? The, the son yeah. said, stop. Did they at any time have a, an altercation, a physical altercation? A part of the stuff was videotaped. They didn't necessarily have a physical altercation. He'd gone out, but he heard the father still attacking the mom. And then he demanded the father come out and the father came at him, um, which is what he says. And the father's about 240, six feet tall. Um, the son is about five nine, five ten, about 165 pounds. And, you know, you can hear on the, the video that the mom had running from the, the, her phone. You can't see a lot of it, but you hear him growling and just raging drunk coming at him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I thought I had to shoot to protect my mom, mm-hmm. you know, and myself. And that's essentially what it's going to come yeah. down to. It's uh, you're good, like yeah. really bad lifetime movies, I guess. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, that that'll be clear. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 just stand your ground because he's protecting the mom. Right. You know, alcohol. Little to, I mean, a little probably has something to do with it. Obviously, it's a little caveat, but it was a fact that you actually have audio and video of him protect. You know, he left the residence too. He tried to avoid the situation, but you can. See, that's another thing. And tell me if I'm off here, but people don't realize that self-defense is not only for you, but for someone else. You, correct. you have defense of others, especially if it's your mom and it's correct. You know, early January, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just a terrible situation. I mean, I'm sure you wish you could have done something else, but in the spur of the moment, that's what you do. And, you know, when you talk to these prosecutors, well, he could have thought about this or that. But then at the same time, when we have police shooting cases, they talk about, oh, the police officers had to make a snap decision, this and that. And these are people that are trained. That right. still fire off sometimes erroneously mm-hmm. and everybody defends them and says, oh, they have to make a split second life kind of decision. And these are unarmed people, be it black or white or whatever. So what is the difference here? This is a guy without any training that knows his mom's getting abused and he has to make a split second decision. And unfortunately it lends up. And so we seem to give police officers a much bigger latitude in the self-defense for my safety kind of issue versus the regular person that hasn't had the training. And so if we do that for officers, why doesn't the same standard apply? And those are some of the reasons why I take, take on cases like this, because it's just not fair. I mean, literally they waited over a year to charge this guy. It's absurd. Well, and that's, that's why as much as I am very pro too and firearms, I really, I have no problem taking these classes. Like I don't know everything. You know, there's very few people that know everything about what to do, how to do it, and what the laws are, and even how to react during a situation. That's why I'm going to go back and I'm going to take a next level class. I'm going to take tactical classes because there's no way you can, even law enforcement, no way you can prepare yourself. In most self-defense cases, again, Manny, Rory, you're the pro, tell me if I'm wrong, but they happen within like five feet. You know, there is no reaction time. That's why 
they'll teach you how to shoot a firearm with the firearm up against your side and your elbow back. I think people have this thing in their mind that the 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 two people are are, are twenty plus feet apart and there's a, a gun drawn and there's a shootout and there's words being spoken and all this stuff. That's not self defense. Self defense no, is you have the ability to get away if you're right. 20, 30, 40 feet away. In this situation, yes, our client could have left, but he was there protecting his mom. His mother. So he had to go back in. And yeah, it was within a few feet, right? As far as what the shooting takes place, it's just a decision that you have to make. Even if you've been drinking, you still have the right to do this. I mean, the Supreme Court's going to hear a big case on this, I think, tomorrow, yeah. Tuesday, um, being the 7th of November, about certain rights to possess firearms. And, you know, you just make a decision and it's unfortunate and people act like, oh, he's a bad dude. I mean, you, you shot your own family member, for God's sakes. He's seriously depressed about what's happened and it's just been dragging on for almost two years. And, you know, nobody looks forward to trial, but that's about the only way because in Georgia, all you can get is life. If you get convicted of murder yeah. or what we call felony murder, the only option or life or life without parole. So you have no option but to try it. The only gray area with that would be, and, and when I say gray, you know, I know what I would do. I would do the same thing that your client did, but the 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 where the question mark in somebody's head that we're like, what do I do? Is if your mother and your drunk abusive father still in trailer, you leave to go get the gun mm-hmm. and then come back. So that's probably your hiccup in the whole thing, where prosecution is going to go. Well, he could have gone and done something else instead of get a firearm, right? Right, but you can get a firearm and come back. But then when you hear more abusive stuff out there, the standard changes, right? You can have your gun on you just in case. You're trying to, I mean, I know it sounds silly, but trying to cool the situation off. You don't have to, you know, shoot anybody. You've got and saying, hey, we just need to get the hell out of here. And people also need to understand it's been going on for a long time. These people are way before the Me Too kind of thing. It's a different mentality, right? You're the wife. He's the husband. We were married back in the 70s. Um, It's just a different time frame. It's not like, you know, call the police or I'm going to stand up for myself. It's just a different generation. And that's another problem we're going to have if we have any younger jurors to say, you know, because everybody acts like they'd be all tough and they do the right things. But you're married. He's your husband. You're not divorcing him. That's just the way it was. And if you guys, I don't know if you remember, but I mean, you, that's what the last generation did. You sort of stuck together through thick and thin. And that's why, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you did. Till death do you part. I mean, that's the way it was. I mean, if most people were to go and talk to their grandmothers and even their parents, uh, the boomer generation and older there, if they were honest with you, there was some type of domestic right. violence that took place because it was like, I hit you, I love you, that kind of thing. Right. And these are rural people. I mean, yeah, they were successful at a nice, successful plumbing company, but in small town Georgia, you know, it's not like they're all liberal, you know, Los Angeles people or went to UCLA or Harvard or something. I mean, these are just salt of the earth folks and you just you stayed with your husband. That's what you did in small town USA. So if you take out the, you take out the he's defending his mom or whatever, then that's like what Bailey was kind of bringing up a second ago, leaving and getting a gun and bringing it back in. That's where it goes from like a crime of passion to a premeditated charge. Correct. Yes. If it was just me defending myself, I left the scene, Mm -hmm. got a gun and came back. Well, I had a cooling off period. I could have left. I could have done anything. I reinitiated the Uh contact and then I don't get to claim self-defense anymore because I'm reinitiating. So Bailey is 100% right that way. But because his mom was being attacked some more and he heard a yell and a slap, 
that's why he went back in, which is different. Otherwise, we would 100% lose. Act, not crime. Act. Act of passion. Oh, excuse me. An act You're talking of to the guy that's defending him that he did not. Excuse me? Do I a apologize? crime. It's an act of passion. Right? See? Look how good I am. Judge Judy, here I come. By the way, uh, since they are plumbers, any chance they'd want to go on Judge Judy with me and help me out with this guy? Oh, they sound like- <laughs> Not the dead guy, but everybody else. Fair. You know, that would be probably Well, if I can win the case, then he'll be available. Yeah, yeah please. So what Manny was referring to about this uh, decision coming to the Supreme Court this week is the, the idea that if you've been charged with any domestic violence— um, that you would then no longer have the ability to possess a firearm, right? That's pretty much it? That's the law right now. It's called the Lautenberg Amendment. It's named after a senator uh, that passed it years ago. And that means if you have a restraining order or a protective order or any type of misdemeanor domestic violence against your partner, you can't then have a weapon um, unless your record is expunged or cleaned. You're barred from having a weapon. And the reason is, you know, historically they did studies all the way from years back going ending in 2016. And they said domestic violence cases, there's like a uh, it's like a 500 percent bigger chance of somebody in that relationship getting shot or hurt if a weapon's involved. And um, it, it was just tremendous. And so the Lautenberg Amendment was there to protect people um, in the domestic situation, especially if that person had to continue living with you like what we just talked about in the South Georgia case, Mm -hmm. if they choose to stay together, it was there to protect folks. So when that New York case came down a year ago from the U S Supreme court, where New York had said you needed a permit or something like that to carry concealed, uh, the Supreme court said, no, you don't, you can do whatever you want because we have a right to bear arms. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is. And so now we're wondering, this is, it's called Rami, R-A-H-I-M-I is the case. It's going to be heard tomorrow. So the decision will come down in a few months um, as to whether a guy convicted of domestic violence or on the other side of a restraining order or a protective order can carry a gun or not. That's sort of the dispute in this case. I don't think um, they the should. Guy, I think it should stay. I, you know, if it, like, again, very pro two and pro firearm, but there's things that we need to tighten up. You know, like I'm very much... You know, I don't care about the registration of guns and whatnot. I know when I posted something, my the Georgia fans, you know, had a problem with it. I get it. You've never had to do it, but I like to be a law-abiding citizen. So I've I've got nothing to hide. I don't care. Nobody's coming to get my guns. It's not happening. So I can register it. But I do think people should go through some type of professional training. Like we do that to get a driver's license. I mean, why wouldn't you do that with a firearm? And it's it's a. I know it is a right as well as a privilege because of the second amendment. But if you've got somebody that's got a short fuse like that, I also think there should be a conversation and this will rub people the wrong way, but you know how trendy talking about mental health and mental illness is. And I've always said this, I, I am, I have a problem with people that's that cry wolf when there's people that actually need help. But if you have some issues going on and even if you are getting help, and you are pres- on prescri- prescription medication, I don't think you should have a firearm, you know, right. be- because, but you can't ask them because of HIPAA laws. So then you get in this catch-22 where it's pr- like, you can't even ask somebody if they've got fucking COVID, which is obscene, absurd. Um, so that's, an, you know, because what what's the problem that we see with all these, most of these mass shootings outside of passion? Mm-hmm. It's mostly what? 
Oh, they're fucked up in the head. Their mental illness, mental. Uh, they were they were on or off their prescription pills and blah blah. Okay, well, if we're starting to see a, a run of that, then maybe we should make a law that if we that that you can't have a gun, but then you got to find out how you find out if they are on those prescriptions. Where do you draw well, the those line? Those are the red flag laws, guys. Um, we have that on a lot of the books that they're trying to get rid of, where the doctors, or if you've had that health, it should come up as a background check. It's still private. It's just like having AIDS or anything else. I mean, those are certain things you have to disclose in a privacy situation. It's like when you go to a bank to get your loan, you have to give up a lot of certain things or, you know, what have you. So it's not the end of the world. It's just a matter of enforcement. Every mass shooting, including the one from a week ago, everybody's got mental health issues. So the politicians come out and say, we need more mental health this. But if you're in the mental health process, you shouldn't have the gun until a judge clears you. That's sort of the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um of those things now don't get me wrong i mean guns keep me in business right because all the crazy violence and stuff that's my bread and butter but we all want a safe community as far as that goes and you can't have mental health treatment and guns at the same time right oh well I, I, again domestic violence no gun in my opinion uh you've you've foregone your right for number two and uh if you're on any prescription medication dealing with mental illness mental health no gun Two's out the books. No, but you gotta. You where you draw the line at? I was misdiagnosed bipolar. I'm di- I'm ADHD. I'm not bipolar. So now I don't have bipolar depression. I have a uh, uh, ADHD. You no gun so now. That's I shouldn't have a gun based on that. Not my decision. So you can get that corrected. I mean, if that's an issue, you just yeah. the, the red flag law would change it, right? You're not a mental health risk anymore because they misdiagnosed you. Sure, um, no, 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 but no, that's what I mean. He, this, is, this is my decision. Based I, on I'm, what I'm making this, this I, has nothing to do with the laws. I'm making this call. No, you can't have that. No. Okay, <laughs> but that's what the point I'm making. Like, sure, do, do we draw the line at uh, bipolar, or do we draw the line at ADHD? Because I take Adderall every day to combat my ADHD, so I am on a prescription medication for my mental health. But my mental health is also not. Uh, you know, it's not an uh, uh, an issue that I've ever heard of that's directly linked to why someone went off and got themselves into a mass shooting situation or killed someone else. So you have the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM, mm-hmm. that the psychiatrists and psychologists use. They sort of list it all out. Sure. You know, it's got to be something reasonable that's diagnosable and says it could actually impact your mood swings like bipolar. You could be violent or those mm-hmm. kinds He's of violent. things. Or you, violent. you know, yes. have excessive rage issues. There's anger management, things like that. Mm-hmm. You can very easily codify all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, ADHD, I don't think has ever led to violence that I know sure. of. But mm-hmm. I think you can clarify that by just using the DSM and say these are the mm-hmm. things that we worry about it's just like school teachers right when you report something it's not a hipaa issue that daddy's doinking me i mean you have to report it it's the same thing uh with the guns and so the fact that you were misdiagnosed and you didn't get your gun for three weeks mm-hmm. i don't think this is the end of the world i mean you can't get a driver's license overnight but you can get a gun overnight right yeah. and he cries too much that's that's a big red flag for me a guy that cries that much should not own a fire. i haven't cried a lot lately uh i just just to make just this is another thing I learned in the, the CCW class, the five elements of the self-defense law, innocence, imminence, proportionality, avoidance and reasonableness. You know, I said this on the radio show this week as well as, you know, just to have a firearm does not mean you're a tough guy. CCW uh, carriers concealed or open. These are the good guys. We you you should hope that, that is the people that are the least likely to commit a firearm act like statistically proven. The only other group of people uh, that are 
higher up than them. The next chain is an elderly Asian woman. So it's like you learn karate so you don't have to use karate, right? Is you learn how to use a firearm. You learn the laws when and how to do it so you don't ever have to do it. We're not tough guys. We're smart guys. And be smart about it. Um, but you can protect yourself and your loved ones or somebody else. It doesn't just have to be a loved one. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that it was, it was very educational, very informative, um, with this stuff. All right. Well, we're going to let you go, go back to work and (laughs) and keep protecting the people, uh, come back on mad dog, Manny or the Aurora law firm.com. If you need them, you can reach out. And what we've done in the past is with Manny, if you have questions for Manny, we didn't have time to set this all up today, but if you do have questions, you can DM us, you can post them, you know, whatever. Email them to us or, or however you want to get them to us, and then when we get Mad Dog Manny on again, we can ask Manny your questions and then get some legal advice, kind of like an ask the lawyer type mm-hmm. of thing. All right, buddy, we'll tell everybody in Georgia I said hello, okay? All right, before you cut me off, Jason, tell me what's on Nelson's arm. Is that a baby on his right forearm? That's pretty sweet. No, which one? The, the, do you mean the skull? Yeah, is that a skull? It's just a skull. Yeah, cool. It's not a baby. It's All not right. a baby. Sorry. You look like a baby from a distance. I'm I, like, is that ba- a baby man? I am a baby man. Baby yes, man. But- it's a, it, I'll tell you what it is. He's not, te- he's not being honest. Okay. Oh, it's called a regret. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> and he'll even admit it. Yeah. He's like, I should have gotten this fucking forearm like, tattoo. What was I thinking? What was I? God, out of all places, I <laughs> wish I would have gotten a whale on my lower yeah, back instead. Anything. <laughs> anything. Oh, you know, what am I going to do? Flaming fucking skull on my arm. That sounds like a great idea. It so doesn't match like who he is. No. He's not a flaming skull guy. No. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Not a fucking chance. It would have been better if you had a baby. <laughs> yeah, that would have tracked, actually. We're all going to get Mad, Mad Dog Manny faces on our, <laughs> on our upper right shoulder blade. Uh, all, all right, right, dude. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Thank you. All right, bye. 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 Manny Aurora. Bye. Mad Dog Manny. Mad Dog Manny. Mad Dog. That's the first time you've ever met Mad Dog. Uh, no. When we first got here, he was still on the old uh, BS podcast. Oh, was he really? Mm-hmm. I yeah. think just once, though. I love him. The audience loves him. Um. Okay, got this, got this. Okay, cool. Um, say brandish again. You've really been loving saying that. Brandish, brandish your fire. If you're gonna brandish a firearm, that's been like a buzzword for you. It's cool. That <laughs> makes you sound tough. Brandish. Mm-hmm. You know what the other term is? What printing? Printing. Yeah. So are you printing your firearm? Oh, yep, yep, yep. Do you know what that means? Yeah, like a 3D printer type deal? No. <laughs> oh. That means that you can see your firearm. Printing. Like over your shirt. Okay. Oh, 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 I'll get so that. So you can yeah, see yeah. that. Why are you rubbing your chest? I was just like, mm. nobody carries, unless you're a woman, you're not carrying your... So here's the... the you know, this is a whole other conversation, <laughs> is how to conceal it. Uh-huh. Like, what type of holster will you use? Belly wrap? Mm. A sticky... Under the arm, ankle. I think I want under the arm because I want to be like a detective from a TV show. Yeah, very few people use that. Yeah. And if you are going to use it, you got to spend some money to get a good one. Okay. But very rarely are you going to strap up with the, you know, 
lethal weapon under the uh-huh. arm leather holster before yes. you, you go out to the movies. Well, come on. It's, I can't and, put, and, and how often are you wearing a sports jacket? I'm not. All right. I uh, can't put it in my ankle. I'd never be able to draw it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I gotta put it so I can so, fucking reach. Dude. So that's a really good point. I never thought about that. <laughs> like for somebody your size, I'm dead. Wow, because a stick. Like I'm gonna go. Like uh-huh. I'll, I'll do a sticky. You know uh-huh. what a sticky is? Yeah, like it's just like in, stuck in the, your belt there. Like it's not actually. No, no, like no. It's it's, it's a holster that's got a material oh. that doesn't move. So you just slide it in your waistband. Oh, okay. Yeah. Problem for you. Yeah, that also a problem. Wow. When we get the instructor on the radio show, Paul. <laughs> We're gonna have to ask him that question. Yes. Nobody asked that. Qu- nobody was that. Nobody was as big as you. Were. Do they have a foldy? They got a sticky. They got one for the folds. I'm telling you, you looking for a side hustle? You looking to make some cash? <laughs> the fat guy, CC, the fat guy carry. Right. You know, call it carry out for. Uh. <laughs> All right, Nikki, you got anything before we go? No. No, she's silent over there. She wasn't here. This sounds like a total Lizzo situation. There you go, Nikki. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for your participation, Nelson. Uh, yeah, just be looking for the uh, the foldy coming to a belly near you. The, the carryout. The carryout, yeah. Yeah, the carryout. Carry <laughs> uh, give us a like, share, follow, and social. Listen to the BS. Uh, of course, our podcast. Please share, spread the news on the Odyssey app, thebaileyshow.com, wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor. You give us a review, especially in the Apple that would be nice. That helps out tremendously. If you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, we got the full video version up there free of charge, of course, at The Bailey Show. Subscribe to that. Like, share with other people on our social media. If you are not part of our private Facebook group, the BS2 Peers, for those new to this show and the audience, it is a great collection of individuals on that Facebook page. So uh, you uh, just search for it and ask to be approved, and I'll approve you until you're a dick. And if you're a dick, I'll boot you out. It's very, very simple. All right. As always, we appreciate you listening. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. Ah, bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. TheBaileyShow.com. Now, get out of here.